Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com. That's where you can find all of my writing when it comes to all of my Nuggets coverage and everybody else on the staff. Um, that staff does consist, by the way, of Brandon Ewing. He is bskip17 on Twitter. Devalier Johnson, which is his own name on Twitter. Jenna Garcia, which is Vita Viva Diva, I believe. Um, Luke Zalman's doing work for us. There's a bunch of us over there, and we do a lot of good work. So definitely go take the time to go check out some of their writing as well over on milehighsports.com. And in the top right corner, they have that Nuggets icon that you just quickly click on, and it'll bring you to all things Denver Nuggets. Tonight, we are going to dive into the Nuggets getting absolutely blown out by the by the D- Detroit Pistons, 129-103. to 103. Not a whole lot went right in this game, and it honestly felt like a scheduled loss from the get-go. This Nuggets team has just been grinding through injury issue after injury issue and continually finding ways to win games, and at some point, that was just going to stop. They were going to be too tired for a game, they were going to be too depleted for a game, and that's exactly what this loss in Detroit felt like. So, I'll talk about how the Nuggets couldn't really get over their injuries, how they really couldn't... Um, Get their legs under them. They just looked exhausted out there. I'll talk about how if they were going to have a loss, that this is probably the best kind of loss. It's not a consequential loss as bad as losing to a team in the Western Conference or in your division or on your home court or anything like that. So let, I'll dive into that. I'll get into some Twitter questions and we'll look ahead as well and we'll talk a little bit about the trade deadline. Um, I'll be doing a big podcast tomorrow, which will be Tuesday when you guys are all probably listening to this podcast, um, about the trade deadline and all the ins and outs of it, including the potential for an Anthony Davis trade for the Nuggets. Um, that'll be in the future though. Also, sorry to everybody. I know it's been a while since I put a podcast out. Things got a little bit wild there. I got really, really sick. I had some ridiculous construction issues that ruined my podcast this morning. Audacity was not having a good time with me, although it seems to be working for right now. So I'm sorry for the delay, but I will be having a podcast today. I'll have one tomorrow coming out for the trade deadline. I'll be doing one after the Nets game, after the Phillies game. I'll do a tra- you know a trade deadline recap. I'll have a lot of things that I'll be coming out with on this podcast shortly to make up for lost time so stick with me i'll be having some good content also last shout out is to the two sponsors of this show um rod simba of the regulators production group on instagram they're the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast so big thanks to them and also terrapin care station who is the presenting sponsor of this show they are the best when it comes all cannabis goods and because of that let me give you one quick word from them before i dive into the rest of the podcast Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.
dive into what was a very it just wasn't a fun game to watch this was a game where it just nothing felt like it was functioning at the right level and it was really from the opening tip i wrote this in my post game that there was just really no defense played from the opening get-go and it, even when teams struggled to score which each team had a couple of spurts where it wasn't completely consistent it wasn't because the defense became a higher level it was 100 because guys were just missing open shots or turnovers were happening because guys were getting reckless this really wasn't a game of high defensive intensity and it was and that's really what kind of ended up predicating the final score of 129 to 103 so it was just it was just a weird one from the get-go and you could really tell that the nuggets were just not in their element from the go um and then this one like i talked about earlier um when i entered the podcast is that the nuggets just couldn't overcome their injuries uh so tonight they had jamal murray gary harris and paul Millsap out so their entire ba- starting backcourt and their best defender in their starting unit were not able to play and this is a very big worry because like i wrote about a, like i wrote i think it was about a week ago, Jamal Murray's ankle issue has more concern behind it than they are letting on to. And Michael Malone even said himself during his press conference about a week ago is that there is a lot of worry with that ankle. Jamal Murray will play through anything so long as his ankle is able to hold up the weight of his body. He will find a way to compensate for the issues that he is having. But whenever Jamal Murray is willing to accept that he is not physically able to play because of the ankle, you know there is a very big issue happening there. And Jamal Murray his ankle issues go back to training camp he was playing pickup before training camp and happened to roll one of his ankles it never came clear which one he then rolled the other one whichever one that was during training camp which is why we saw him so sporadically in the preseason so he started out the year with two bad ankles and from that point further it just started to snowball and get worse and worse and worse and it really kind of you know I guess pinnacled in a negative way, if that's the right way to phrase that. It kind of reached its climax just recently where he rolled that left ankle again, and that was it. Like you could tell that he just didn't have anything on that leg. The explosiveness was gone. And for Jamal Murray, he needs that little bit of burst that he can get. He's not a guy who was just going to out athlete anybody. He can't just blow by you with a ridiculous first step. He's not De'Aaron Fox, but he still has the ability to get a defender leaning and then get by them. But that requires every last little drop of explosiveness and quickness he has. And with that ankle struggling, he has not been able to be that guy. So he's been out. Who knows how long it will be. He has been upgraded to questionable the past couple of games. But before the press co- or before the game today, Michael Malone flat out said that it's unlikely that Jamal Murray plays, even though he was upgraded to questionable. So we'll have to just wait and see. I honestly, there was a question about this I'll get to later on in the podcast from Twitter, but I would think very strongly about shutting down Jamal Murray. Actually, let's just talk about that question now. I would shut down Jamal Murray um, until the All-Star break just to try and get his feet back under him because the Nuggets have done enough work to get ahead of the curve right now early in the season. A couple losses right before the trade deadline may not be the worst thing if you can finally get this team back healthy. They have not been healthy all year, and because they've had so many guys hurt to start the year, now their bench is getting exhausted as well, which is going to be a very big issue when you start looking down the line for this Nuggets team when their March schedule starts coming around, which is very road-heavy and very tough. So I wouldn't be surprised if Murray does get shut down, which I think would be actually very good for him. I don't think it actually happens, but I do think think that there's a potential for it Gary Harris I think will be shut down for the uh, until the all-star break I don't have any inside information on this this is not something that has been told to me but when I saw Gary Harris's issue change from 
right groin to right adductor strain. The adductor is what is what Will Barton ended up, you know, partially tearing from what I understand, which is why he got surgery. So what it sounds like is Gary Harris has a less intense version of the same injury that Will Barton had, but that's a finicky injury. Groins and that adductor area, which is in the groin, that's some of the toughest injuries to know when you're ready to come back. LeBron James had that injury, played one game and then and then sat for a game for what they called load management, and it's because those injuries are finicky. You just can't push them too hard, and if you do, you can have you know much, much, much more serious injuries because of that. So from my vantage point, without any insider information, I do think that Gary Harris ends up getting shut down till the All-Star break as well. Um, Paul Millsap also sat out of this game with what they called right ankle soreness. And I don't remember when this happened. I don't know what led to this injury. Malone said it kind of caught him by surprise before this game when he ended up sitting out. So I'm not sure what that is. It'll be something to monitor. But when the Nuggets were this banged up coming into this game, already... You know, they just finished three games in four nights. This is going to be their fourth game in six nights. It's the middle of their road trip that they're currently on with the All-Star break looming. This just felt like a game where the Nuggets just never had their legs under them, and they just looked exhausted. Like I said earlier... Because of all of the injuries to the starting unit, the bench unit has played starters minutes, and they are not equipped to play starters minutes like that. It was never supposed to be their role. Of course, there's the whole next man up mantra, and you should be in game shape and able to do that, but unless you're playing consistently 30 minutes a night for a good chunk of your career, it's hard to be in that game shape when you're pretty new to the league, first of all. These are very young guys, and also when you expect your role to be a little bit different. When you are a starter, you learn to have a different level of a wind because of the rotation that you play. When you change that rotation, it throws guys off. And that's really kind of what I saw happen take place in this game. So with that being said, Malone... At, at one point, probably about two or three weeks ago, he said that he's been redlining his guys for um, for a while. And that, what that means is that it's almost like having your foot just slammed down on the accelerator in your car and you are literally pushing your engine to its absolute max. At some point, some part of that engine is going to give is going to give out. And that is, you know, a good analogy for what we saw in this game. Same thing with Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray at one point, probably about a month ago, said it's the bench unit's bench unit that's been playing. And what he means by that is that half of the starters now more than half are guys off the bench which means those spots need to be filled on the bench unit so guys all of a sudden like Tyler Lydon tonight are getting thrown into the action with the rotation they have never been a part of with players that they don't play game time minutes with and it's completely throwing things off and all of that really came to a head in this game I mean Beasley looked good in the first quarter, and it looked like the exhaustion caught him later in the game. Will Barton, that he had one of his worst defensive games I've, I can remember from him, and it was a big reason why, just because he looked so tired. Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic was the same way. He was just missing shots that he usually hits. 0 of 3 from 3, even missed a free throw in this game. 
He just wasn't as mentally engaged, and they just weren't there in terms of how much effort they were able to give. I mean, Tory Craig was basically invisible in this game, and for a guy that is literally pegged as an energy guy, that's a very, very rare thing. So it was just a tough thing to watch, and if you want more statistical evidence of why this exhaustion really caught up with them, in the first quarter, Denver shot very well. 58.3% from the field, 66.7% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. In the second quarter, without a break, obviously, because they're playing straight through, there's no halftime or anything, they shot 34.8% from the field, went 0 of 8 from 3, and shot 50% from the free throw line. So then they get a little bit of a halftime break, get a little bit more win back, and they come out and shoot 52% from the field and 50% from 3 in the third quarter, but that then fell to 31.8% from the field in the fourth and 25% from 3. Without those breaks, the Nuggets' legs weren't there to hit their jumpers. That's really what it looked like to me, and it was just brutal. But the place that it really showed up, that exhaustion really showed up, was on the defensive end of the floor. I couldn't even count how many open threes Denver was giving up, how many guys were late closing out to those shooters taking open threes, how many blow-bys they were giving up on the perimeter, how many late rotations there were. I mean, Denver was just mentally, they were not there tonight on the defensive end of the floor. They weren't just one step slow. They were two or three steps slow all night, and that's why the Nuggets allowed the Pistons to shoot over 50% from the field in every single quarter in this game. Denver had never really had a good defensive stretch in this game and it was it just I, I I keep coming back to this it seems like it was because they were just so tired and the reason that I'm kind of throwing this game out something that Michael Malone is not doing by the way this is my own thought process is that this is the least um, consequential kind of loss that an NBA team can have I know that sounds weird but there are good losses and bad losses. There are more detrimental losses and less detrimental losses. This is the kind of game where you look at it and you're like, all right, you know what? That's something that's going to happen throughout the year. Again, the Nuggets were playing their fourth game in six nights. They were missing three starters, and this is the big one. They were playing an Eastern Conference team, and they were on the road. So you're not having any impact on tiebreakers whatsoever. Their record against division opponents or Western Conference opponents is not being changed by this loss. And it's not like this is a home game where you should absolutely get it and you need every home win you can get. If you lose a game to a team that you don't that is not necessarily a dominant team or a statement win on the road when you're already exhausted and banged up, it really isn't as damaging of a loss as it seems. And plus, this is the Nuggets only 16th loss of the season. They're still 21 games above 500 right now at 37 and 16. So, if you're going to lose a game which nobody wants to lose a game, especially in the way that they kind of just let go in the second half, which is not good, and I'll get to that a little bit more later, but this is the best kind of loss for the Nuggets. Against a middling team in the Eastern Conference, on the road, fourth game in six nights, exhausted with three starters out. You can live with that kind of a loss. Whew. All right. Let me now dive into some Twitter questions because there were some good ones tonight. I picked four. Um, the first one is from a guy named Dylan on Twitter asked, what point are Gary and Jamal shut down uh, um, until after the All-Star break? I hit on it a little bit before. I'll hit on it again just real quick so I can give Dylan a shout out for the question because it was a good one. Um, I do think that Gary Harris probably does not play until after the All-Star break because those adductor groin injuries are very finicky, so I don't expect Gary to come back. That is not because I have insider information 
information. That is just speculation. Um, I think it would be good for Jamal to be shut down until after the All-Star break, but I have a strong suspicion that he's probably back either, if not against the Nets on Wednesday, then after the trade deadline against the 76ers in Philly on Friday. Um, I think that that Philly game on Friday would be the best time to bring him back because then he would immediately get two days off because the Nuggets have two days off after that, and then they're back at home for two games before the All-Star break. So Murray would be able to get his legs back under him, feel a little bit better. There's three rest days and three games at that point before the uh, before the break, and that would be a good point for Murray to return. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, guy named Big Honey on Twitter, which is my favorite nickname if anybody doesn't know that. Do you see the Nuggets making any moves before the deadline? I'll just touch on this briefly because I'm going to record a mega podcast tomorrow just about everything that's going on with this trade deadline. But I do think the Nuggets probably make a fringe move and they're going to be in conversations for the big stuff. I would be very, very surprised if amongst all of this chaos of Anthony Davis that the Nuggets don't make a call and try and become that dark horse team who could potentially grab him. The Nuggets have so many assets, and I'll actually be writing on this tomorrow as well. Sometime on Tuesday afternoon, I'll have the, hopefully have this article drop, where I talk about the ins and outs of the, of the Anthony Davis trade, and the more of the human element of what it would mean for the Nuggets to trade for him, because you're going to have to part with a guy that you consider part of your core, if not two of them, to get him, which is going to be a very interesting dichotomy, because the Nuggets have built their culture on taking care of their guys. They have built their free agent pitches on taking care of their guys so it's something that is going to be a very 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 fine line to walk for the Nuggets we have already seen Lonzo Ball mentioned in this trade rumor that came out for the Nuggets trying to get uh, I'm sorry for the Lakers trying to get Anthony Davis and he has removed all Laker affiliation from all of his social media so clearly it bothers guys so I want to get into that a little bit more and why that human element is so important for the Nuggets franchise progression as they have already now built you know this culture that they are winning with as it is. Uh, could the Nuggets use a veteran scorer off the bench? This comes courtesy of Patrick from Twitter. I think it wouldn't hurt. Um, I don't think it's a desperation thing that they really need it right now. I mean, let me, let me rephrase that. They could use it right now, but they might not need it once you get about, you know, after the All-Star break. This is the reason that I say that. With everybody banged up and Monte Morris and Malik Beasley in the starting lineup for the past three games, of course, there's a lack of scoring on the bench. But let's say the All-Star break comes and goes. Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are back on the floor. The Nuggets finally start their actual opening day starters for the for the third time all year. Then you have Monte Morris, who's been a great scorer this year. Malik Beasley, who's been automatic from three-point distance. Trey Lyles, who actually had a very good game against the Pistons. Trey Lyles was 8 of 13 from the field had 20 points four rebounds three assists if he can start to get going a little bit there then they have him as a scorer off the bench Mason Plumlee can surprise guys when there's other scorers around him so I don't think they need a veteran scorer off the bench that they that would require them to go out in a trade and get one I think they have them on the roster they just need to get healthy so they have their rotations actually where they should be plus Isaiah Thomas is that veteran scorer off the bench if he does get healthy. So technically the Nuggets have him waiting in the, you know, the fringes of their team if he gets an opportunity to start playing if the Nuggets continue to be banged up. So I don't think they're going to like prioritize finding a veteran scorer. This question is one that I think is a very important thing to answer because we keep getting it all the time. So many of the Nuggets riders keep getting it. Um with how Beasley and Morris are playing, do you think any of them will start when everyone is back? 
full stop, end of the conversation, it's a no from me. Like, there is no way. Like, you can go ahead and put in the Randy gif of his saying it's no, it's, it's a no from me, dog. Like, it's not going to happen because the Nuggets have been waiting for the better part of a year to get Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic starting together. It has been at the highest of their priorities, and the injuries have made it completely impossible to do so. The thing is, is that when those five actually share the court over the past couple years, they have been unbeatable together. So no, there is absolutely no chance that Monte Morris and Malik Beasley continue to start if everybody is back healthy. Thank you guys so much for sending in questions. I love interacting with fans. It's one of my favorite things to do. And when Nuggets fans jump in here and are looking for information, I love being able to be the person to bring them that information. That is technically my job. So thank you guys so much for sending those in and keep sending them in. I'll put another one of those, um, you know, shoot your questions to me kind of tweets in the morning so I can do that podcast about um, the trade deadline coming up. So keep an eye out for that. So. Let's just look down the road for what the Nuggets have left before the All-Star break. So they will have Tuesday the 5th off before taking on the Nets in Brooklyn on Wednesday the 6th. They will then have one day off on the 7th before taking on the 76ers right about four after four hours after the trade deadline ends. Like I said earlier, I do think that is probably when... Um, Jamal Murray would return from his ankle injury if he's getting to that point because after the 76ers game the Nuggets have two days off before they have a home game against the Heat on Monday the 11th then they will have one more off day before taking on the Kings on Wednesday the 13th which is the last game before the All-Star break the Nuggets have a chance to straight up sweep the end of this run but we're going to have to see if they're going to be healthy enough and just have enough energy to be able to do so the Nuggets have had as much bad luck as it gets with injuries, so I'm not betting on good luck coming back around anytime soon, but listen, the Nuggets could absolutely go, what is that, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 0 in that stretch, get themselves, what would that be, 41 wins, <laughs> 41 wins at the All-Star break they could potentially grab, that is absolutely absurd, but it's going to be a fun stretch, get ready for podcasts after each of those games, get ready for a lot of trade deadline conversations, I'm going to have an Anthony Davis piece up in the middle of the day tomorrow, which will be Tuesday, and I will have a trade deadline primer up in the morning that I'll be writing as well, in addition to the fact of having devs, good, bad, and ugly up, and a new podcast covering the trade deadline as well. There's going to be tons and tons of information up on Mile High Sports about this trade deadline, so definitely keep it locked in. I will be back shortly, and again, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you so much, and we will talk to you soon.